Thanks for listening to Orion's From the Battle Guild to the Boardroom podcast. There are many different ways companies choose to interview candidates, whether it's a virtual interview, phone interview, one-on-one, in a group setting, or over lunch. The type of interview can vary based on the role for which you are interviewing, the company culture, and also the timeline of the interview process. You'll most likely have a combination of some of the previously mentioned types of interviews with each company you interview with. In today's show, we'll focus on panel interviews and mealtime interviews. Mike Wood, Orion's Southeast Recruiting Manager, joins the show to talk about what job seekers should know about panel interviews and mealtime interviews. We'll discuss the pros and cons of each of these types of interviews, pitfalls and what to avoid doing, as well as ways to succeed. If you're listening to the show on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud, make sure you subscribe and share with a friend. We'd love to get your feedback, so make sure you give us a rating as well. If you have any questions about this interview or topics for a future podcast, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Hi, Mike. Welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks, Megan. So we've had a couple of podcasts I know that you've been on in the past, and we really like to focus on interview preparation. So in the past, we've done virtual interviews and phone interviews, and there are several interview basics that you know, kind of are consistent throughout the process and how to prepare regardless of the type. So you, of course, want to do your homework, review some of the frequently asked interview questions and have examples ready to back up your responses. And even though there are similarities in how you should prepare and carry yourself throughout all of these different types of interviews, there are still some unique challenges and benefits to the different types of interviews. So today, we're going to look a little bit more in depth at some of the um, different aspects of group interviews or sometimes called panel interviews and then also interviews that take place over a meal or happy hour. But before we dive into that, can you give a quick intro on your background and your role here at Orion? Sure. So my name's Mike Wood. I served in the Marine Corps for seven years on the officer side of the house. Uh, That's after graduating from Virginia Tech where I earned my commission through the ROTC program. And I've been here at Orion now as a uh, recruiter and recruiting manager for the past 11 years, recruiting officers on the East Coast, and then more recently managing both the the leadership and our enlisted technician team. Awesome. Well, thanks again for joining. And as I mentioned a minute ago, we're going to talk a little bit more about different types of interviews today. So first, we're going to focus on the panel interview. As a job seeker, I know that this type of interview can be really intimidating, probably the most intimidating type of interview that you can participate in because you feel a little bit outnumbered. I know some people even refer to this type of interview as the firing squad interview. So can you describe the scenario of a typical interview, like what that would look like for a candidate who was going to be take part in one? Sure. So we see panel interviews occur at different stages in the interview process. Sometimes they occur at one of our hiring conferences. Uh, That's the first interview you've had with that company. Uh, But in other cases, they may be the final interview. So it's really, uh, it can vary when these interviews are are put into place. But uh, but many companies do use panel interviews primarily because it's efficient for them. It gives them the opportunity to to take 45 minutes to get three sets uh, of uh, opinions on a candidate's background rather than to, uh, to do three separate 45-minute interviews, if you will. So it's very common to see these pop up uh, no matter what stage it may be. Mm -hmm. Now, another thing for a benefit for the company is that they've got all the decision makers in one room. And I know also it can cut down on 
um, biases that maybe one particular interviewer might have because at the end they're able to compare notes and kind of see what each of the opinions are. So it's kind of cutting down on the personal biases there. Now, I know on some panel interviews, there are potentially multiple candidates that are also being interviewed. Do we see that very often or is it usually just one candidate and then multiple interviewers? It's usually one candidate and multiple interviewers. And I would say that's in a 99% of the time, I can only think of two instances where there've been multiple candidates in a singular interview. One was for a medical sales position where the company even asked the question like, why should I hire you over the person next to you? But that's extremely rare. Uh, more recently, we had a residential construction company that brought five people into a room and, and they rotated through by uh, interviewing them, or excuse me, asking them interview questions. But again, that's two out of, I don't even know the number of interviews I've, I've uh, been privy to over the, the past 11 years, but it's extremely small percentage. Uh, the one exception I would say that may be a bit more common when there are multiple candidates in the room would be some type of, um, let's call it a like project-based, team-based uh, analysis. For example, you're given a problem and you're working with a couple of other candidates to help solve that problem. We've seen companies do that, especially for engineering roles. They want to see how you interact with others and they want to see uh, what role you take within that team. So uh, ultimately, you know, again, expect that to be the minority of interviews that you take place in, uh, but, uh, but there could be a few where it pops up. Mm -hmm. Okay, so just focusing now, since we know that these, this type is more common, so just focusing on the type of interview where it would just be one candidate and then maybe two to five, I'm sure that, you know, that number sometimes is more than that, but let's just assume that that's the scenario here. What are some of the things that candidates should keep in mind when they're participating in this type of interview? I think the most important thing is to understand they're not trying to make you uncomfortable they're trying to be efficient, like I mentioned earlier. So uh, go in there, just like you're interviewing with one person at a time, be confident in yourself and be prepared to give them uh, you know, the same answers you would give if it was one person asking. That said, there's one important step you need to change about how you approach the interview, and that you, that you have to treat everyone equally. No matter who their, you know, what their title is or who that person is, you need to make sure you treat the regional manager and the HR generalist in the interview uh, the same. So when you're answering a question, you know, make eye contact with both of them. When you're asking questions, make sure you ask you know, each individual in the room um, you know, a, a question through the course of that time period because they're, they're doing this panel interview to compare their notes. And if one person gets the feeling that you, know, you weren't engaged with them or you weren't uh, valuing their opinion or something of that sort, then that could hurt that, that uh, process at the end where they do go over what they thought. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really great tip to keep in mind and maybe something that would be helpful for a candidate if they're wondering, well, how do I make eye contact with multiple people while I'm having, while I'm giving my answer? Maybe it's make contact with the person that initially asked the question when you give your brief answer, but then as you're explaining that and giving more examples to back it up, make sure that you're looking at everyone and kind of making it more of a conversation. And, um, you know, just another thing for that, Mike, one thing that I would think would help in preparation is just knowing who you're going to be interviewing with. I think a lot of times when they send you an interview confirmation, they'll likely tell you 
here are the people that you're going to be sitting in the interview with. So it definitely doesn't help to incorporate that or it doesn't hurt to incorporate that into your homework and, you know, do some research, basic research on these people, look at their LinkedIn profiles and just have a little bit of familiarity with who you're going to be talking to. You're absolutely right. And when you interview through us at a hiring event, we're going to have the names of the people you'll be interviewing with and their position title. So you can do some of that research. We may not always have that information if it's a final interview after the fact, but uh, what you mentioned about trying to get that, that info and doing a little research can absolutely help you feel more comfortable heading in there and uh, be prepared to, to engage with each person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think we've already kind of talked a little bit about the whys, like a why a company would want to do an interview like this. So whether it's having all of the decision makers in one room or just being efficient on time. Um, are there, one thing I was wondering though, are there any certain industries or job families that tend to favor this particular type of interview? We see it in all industries um, and, and really all position types. So I, I would say it's really across the board. And, um, you know, it, it, it can just vary. So I think the key is, you know, does the company look to make a uh, holistic decision of, of who's the right cultural match, who's the right position match, who's the right long-term growth match? You know, that's usually the type of company that's going to be looking to get multiple different perspectives in that interview at one singular time so that they can, uh, you know, put their heads together and make the best hiring decision for all groups. Mm -hmm. And just going back to what you had said earlier about making sure that you show everyone in the room the same level of respect, regardless of their job title and what their role is in the interview. Anyone who's participating in this type of interview, I assume, has some sort of influence or reason for being in the room. So, you know, whether it is the HR generalist or whomever is in the room, just making sure that not only are you addressing them the way that you should be in a respectful way, but also keeping in mind that they're there for a reason. So you want to put your best face forward so that everyone, when they do compare notes at the end, comes back with something positive to say about you and hopefully wants to hire you. Yep, you're absolutely right. What about some of the benefits to a candidate about this type of interview? Like are there, maybe is this type of interview because you're meeting with so many people, maybe it, you know, helps you stand out and expedites the process a little bit? Are there any other benefits that you can think of? Not really. I, mean, I do think that the, ma the main benefit is expediting the process. Um, I think most of us would prefer to, you know, have a one hour long interview process than to have a three hour long interview process. So um, other than that, though, you know, really panel interviews can sometimes be a little bit hazardous because you may be looking for a unanimous decision from that panel. So uh, they can be a bit more troublesome than they, than they are actually a benefit. But uh, at the same time, you know, uh, most companies understand that you know, a unanimous decision is rare. Uh, what they're gonna be looking for are those constructive feedback points from the, the individuals interviewing so that they can compare from the same perspective. They heard the same answer rather than three different answers and uh, try and compare those notes. So, uh, so ultimately, they can get together, they can, you know, weigh the pros and cons and make a singular decision rather than uh, looking for you know, that perfection across the board. Mm -hmm. I think it sounds like with this particular type of interview, it's probably more beneficial on the company side than the candidate side. But like you said at the beginning, just keep in mind, they're not doing it to try to stress you out or intimidate you. It really is just 
for efficiency. And in the end, that's efficiency on both, you know, their side, but also on yours. It benefits you if it speeds up the process a little bit. Yeah, I, you said it much better than me. Yeah, that's the key is it's more beneficial for the company than for the candidate. But uh, but yes, that that's um, it's not necessarily you know, a negative to have a panel interview. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I could see how it would be, you know, one of the more intimidating interview settings, but, you know, pros and cons to each, and we'll talk a little bit about some of the um, pros and cons to the mealtime interview a little bit later, but before we get to that, are there any pitfalls or things that you should avoid doing during this type of interview? I think that the, the general advice applies as with any interview, you know, you, uh, you, you need to, to give good examples. You need to make sure that you're, you're quantifying your accomplishments, uh, providing the specific details that you achieved, uh, all that's still the same. And thus by extension, the, the pitfalls are the same. You know, you need to, uh, you know, be professional at all times, stay positive and energetic. You know, don't, uh, don't go into, you know, the negative details of, of, you know, why you left the military or something of that, that uh, perspective, you know, keep it forward thinking and looking long term uh, for why you're looking at this opportunity as a great fit. All that still applies. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so now we're going to transition into the mealtime interview. So this could be a lunch interview, a dinner interview, or even something that occurs over happy hour or in an atmosphere that's, um, you know, more focused on drinks. So can you describe kind of the scenario of a typical mealtime interview and maybe why a employer would want to do something like this? Sure. And I think these are, are much more difficult to prepare for or give you more hurdles to overcome than the panel interview because they can be in such a variety of different settings. So a company mm -hmm. will, will do that, particular for a sales role. Uh, they'll do it for a field service role. Or maybe it's a position that's you know, it, of extreme importance to the company. Maybe it's the senior leader at a facility, and so they want to take you out to uh, you know, an evening meal, maybe even with your family in some cases, depending on the level of the role. And uh, they want to make sure that you know, they get to know you both as a, a job seeker as well as an individual that could be a long-term match with their team. So they're, uh, they're really intended to be extended interviews even though they may feel like social situations. Mm -hmm. And I think that you said it best when you said it is harder to prepare for sometimes than even the panel interview, because I think that the initial thought of a panel interview and sitting across from, you know, a group of people in a stuffy setting where you're just taking on these rapid fire questions, that seems a lot more stressful than thinking about going out and having a drink with someone or a meal with someone. But like you said, there are so many factors that are out of your control. So there's a lot more that you kind of have to keep in mind and really just show them that you can be flexible and roll with the punches. There's just a lot of other factors to consider there. So what are some of the things that candidates should keep in mind when they're participating in a mealtime interview? I think the first thing is to know that you're still being interviewed. I know that you called it a you know, mealtime interview or a dinner interview, whatever you want to refer to it as, um, but people will forget that quickly. They'll get comfortable. They'll they'll start, you know, uh, thinking they have the job, and that's why someone's taking me out to dinner. Uh, but that's definitely not the case. So that's the the first and most important thing to think about. And then to go back to your question about why, and I mentioned the extended interview and understanding how people are with uh, with 
you know, that social setting as well. But, uh, but they're also, you know, taking you out to see how you treat other people. So for example, you know, let's say it's a sales role and you're, uh, you're having lunch with the sales rep that you know, is you know, giving you the job shadow for the day. Well, there's no doubt that they're going to take note of how you interact with your server or how you interact with, um, you know, customers that, you know, they may be meet, taking you to meet with on their, their uh, route that day. They're going to see, do you have that personality to connect with individuals and, and uh, develop that rapport quickly? Those are the types of things they're looking for and how you interact with those folks. So, uh, so just keep in mind that number one, you, you have to uh, absolutely, you know, be you know, comfortable getting out there and, and meeting with those individuals and being yourself, but that you're consistently still being interviewed as well. That's a good point. And I think when people go into, say, an office setting for an interview and they're in interview mode, they've got, you know, their interview mode turned on high and they're just ready to go um, talk to everyone there. They're ready to greet the person sitting at the front desk with respect and make sure that, you know, they might compare notes later. So we want to make sure everyone's on the same page. And I think that, you know, being nice to the server or the hostess at the restaurant, like that really can be something that they neglect because like you said, they don't think of it as an interview. You might think, oh, I already have the job. So it's definitely important to treat the people at the restaurant, whether it's your server or the host or the hostess at the restaurant, treat them as if they also worked at the company so that, you know, they might not compare notes later with the person who's interviewing you, but of course, the person who's interviewing you is going to be taking notice of how you treat them as well. Yep, absolutely. And, and just to give a quick example of something that we see here at Orion, I've, uh, I've hired several recruiters over the years, and I like to have recruiters come in and conduct a presentation. It's a little bit different than a mealtime interview, no doubt. But uh, what you'll also see to, to just stay on that idea of how you treat other people is that while you know, our administrative team may not be sitting in on the presentation, they're listening to it, they're seeing how that person acts, does that person say hello to them or not. And there's no doubt, it's not so much about if they're a nice guy or a nice individual to my administrative team, it's definitely noticeable if they're not. So it's not, it, I guess what we're really talking about here is, you know, sure, most of us expect to treat all people with respect and, and um, you know, to be comfortable in those settings. But when you don't, that really stands out to uh, a potential employer. So make sure that you think about that. So whether it be in a, a mealtime interview, having drinks a, at a happy hour, or like I mentioned in a presentation that you're conducting as part of your interview. Mm -hmm, definitely. So what about some things to maybe make sure that you avoid? I know there are some pretty easy things that are, you know, like don't order, maybe don't order a slab of ribs or something that's going to cause you to have to get all messy and focus too much on your food. But is there anything else, um, you know, I know we've touched on being respectful and all that. Is there anything else that you would caution a candidate from doing during this type of interview? Um, I think that, yeah, you're right. Be careful on what you eat, you know, is it messy or not? But in addition to that, I think you have to, you know, really think about what are you there for? Are you there to, you know, no matter what you order, are you focused on eating or are you focused more on talking about yourself and, and talking about your background and asking questions? So I guess what I'm trying to say is you're not there to eat, you're there to interview. So mm -hmm. sure, get some food, you know, have some bites, but this isn't the time to hit the buffet bar at the Golden Corral. <laughs> um, so that, 
that, that's just what I'm really trying to convey. That's important. That also goes in any type of setting, which is rare, but does occur. Uh, well, let's use our hiring conference example. We often have receptions at our hiring conferences. And yes, there's a, there's a bar and you have the ability to go get a drink. You shouldn't be going to that bar and using it like an open bar and, and having four or five drinks. Again, the only reason I say that is because I've seen it. You know, can, candidates, job seekers will do that. Sometimes even the employer will do that. So you need to make sure that you stay professional is the best way to summarize that. Um, whether the employer or, or, you know, whoever it may be, one of the other job seekers starts to get a little bit too loose, stay professional. It's very important. Yeah, and you bring up a good point about the hiring conferences and the mixer that we have there, especially at the DCCs. Because I know that there are times that, you know, candidates will treat it more like a um, like an earlier meet, like a, maybe a meet and greet, like almost like a preview for the interviews. And they'll talk to employers that maybe they weren't even slated to interview with and they'll really hit it off and, you know, hires have been made there. So, but that can go both ways. There could be candidates that have interviews slated for the next day and they don't even talk to the companies, but they might observe them from afar having a little bit too much to drink, and then that serves as their first impression. So the next day, they can come completely prepared and ready to interview, but if that employer saw you getting drunk from across the room the night before, that's not going to leave a very good first impression. You're exactly right, and the only reason that Megan and I mentioned this uh, is because we've seen it happen. So that's the unfortunate part. Most of this sounds like common sense that you shouldn't do that but uh but no doubt you're exactly right Megan you know it happens and we have to be careful about that well and I think another piece of it is that it does sound like common sense and people think oh I wouldn't do that but when you're in the situation and you've been nervous all day and you're kind of ready to just unwind it can be easy to just you know maybe not exercise as much self-control as you should so definitely something to keep in mind now for mealtime interviews I think you had mentioned before that these are pretty typical with a sales role, which makes sense because it kind of shows the interviewer how you react to outside situations and how you interact with servers, maybe other people at the restaurant, anyone else involved in the interview that's also there. Are there any other types of job families or even industries that tend to favor these types of interviews? Definitely leadership development programs. So anything that's oriented on that long-term investment and an employee. And of course, every company intends to hire someone that's going to stay with them until retirement. But when they're specifically putting you through a training program to groom you for you know, uh, senior leadership, I guess that's what I really mean. So those that, they're definitely going to spend that time. Uh, I mentioned field service earlier as well. So field service, while it's a, a technician role where you're conducting maintenance, it's still customer facing. So it's essential for that company to have someone that's going to represent themselves well. Uh, you know, with, with that or represent the company well with that company that they're they're uh, meeting with, and, and I would say if you keep that same general idea, sales, field service, anything that may have a customer interaction, that's usually going to be important. Um, the last thing that I'll add is that we have had companies that will go through you know hiring surges. Maybe they're opening a new plant or maybe they're opening a new section of their plant, and so they need to hire 20 people at a time. Well, in that case, they will typically hold hiring events at their facility, and they will often want to take the you know, candidates out for a meal as a group. So that may be, you know, 10 candidates and, you know, two or three managers. So it's a very different setting. They're not interviewing as much, but they're still observing. 
Uh, it's unfortunate to say, and it may sound a little silly to many, but once we had a candidate that wasn't hired because of the way he ate, he was using his hands to, uh, to eat and to push his food on his fork. And it may sound simple and you know, was he the best qualified for the job? Maybe, but that was something that just turned the manager off and made, made him concerned about the, uh, that candidate being a good fit for their organization and the settings they would put them in. So, you know, again, you, you'll see these types of interviews in a variety of different positions, but the most common theme will be anything that's customer facing. Uh, those mm -hmm. are where you'll see them the most. Well, in the scenario that you laid out, if multiple candidates come in for an exclusive event and then they all go out to lunch, that's almost like combining both of these interviews that we're talking about now. It's almost like then it becomes a group interview as well as a mealtime interview. So then, you know, maybe then you have some more prep to do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But in, we're almost making this sound like it's very daunting. And those that are listening to this may be concerned, well, how do I navigate this and how do I navigate that? I think it's simple. If you stay mature, you stay confident, and, and you stay yourself along the way, uh, then uh, then you should treat everyone with respect and be able to interview effectively and, and uh, be in a good position to win that position. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. That was a good thing to add because I think I said this at the beginning, but I really do think that all different types of interviews have a unique set of challenges. So these ones, maybe the challenges are different, but there's certainly not anything that, you know, would completely throw you off if you're prepared. For instance, if you're going out for a lunch interview or a dinner interview and you're interviewing for a sales role, well, maybe that's something that you're going to be doing as part of the job. So if you're really not comfortable with it during the interview process, maybe that's not the type of job you should have. That's right. Now, you know, we talked a little bit about both of the different types of interviews, so I like to close our interview prep podcast on asking each of the recruiters to talk about, um, you know, some of the interview tips that they have. So regardless of the interview type, do you have any top interview tips that you want to share with the listeners? So uh, I mentioned it briefly earlier, but just to recap, you have to know your background well and be prepared to tell detailed stories. You know, we you've probably had podcasts about this, but if those haven't heard it, uh, the star format where you talk about the situation, task, actions, and results of your experiences through your career is really important. We consistently hear from employers that, you know, the candidate doesn't have the right skill set, and then, well, of course, he does. He didn't do a good job of conveying it. So knowing your background, knowing how to tell it in that star format story is very important. Uh, in addition to that, I, I think that enthusiasm goes a long way. We just had a hiring conference this week in Atlanta and um, had a, a job seeker, first set of interviews, was nervous in that process and didn't perform extremely well because uh, due to those nerves, wasn't coming out of their shell, wasn't, uh, wasn't showing that energy and that I want this job and I want to work in this industry. So consistent feedback was, um, you know, lacked confidence. It wasn't wasn't sure this was the right fit. And a lot of that was nerves just coming out. So make sure that you, uh, you try and work those nerves out, whether it be through you know, interviewing with, uh, with you know, as many companies as possible when they pop up to, to get comfortable with it, or doing the practice and preparation with a peer or a spouse or, or a recruiter at Orion. Uh, that's very important to, to prepare you to head into those interviews with that energy and confidence to convey that message that I mentioned in the first bullet. 
So uh, those are just a couple of things that, that I'd really want to emphasize that, uh, that we're seeing you know, on a consistent basis popping up as problems. Yeah, awesome. Well, that sounds good, Mike. It's always great to talk to you, and I always appreciate your insight on these topics. So thank you again for joining us. Yep, no problem. Thanks, Megan. Thanks for listening to this episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud so that you never miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you. So if you have any feedback, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Our goal is to help all military job seekers through their transition and beyond. So make sure you share our show with your friends. See you next time.